Welcome to the 185th episode of the Young Terps podcast from the Viner Forgate studio. Mason Viner and Jack Rothenberg here after uh, Jack, what might have been the Terps' best performance of the year, I'm pressed to say. Yeah, if not their best performance, it definitely it's definitely been their best stretch of basketball this entire year. I'm really excited to see how they finish out. And right as of right now, it's looking like they'll make the tournament, so I'm excited for March. Yeah, and, and that excitement is building uh, around College Park, and, and I guess not really around College Park, but around the surrounding areas where all the fans are still uh, stuck at home. The Terps, since our last podcast, uh, have beaten Nebraska twice, and they took down Rutgers on Sunday, leaving, as Jack just mentioned, the path to March. Uh, they'll wrap the season up at home against Michigan State, at Northwestern, and at home against Penn State. Uh, three winnable games to wrap things up. Yeah, definitely. I think this uh, Michigan State game is sort of a trap game. I know Michigan State this year hasn't been very good. It's a Tom Izzo coach team, so you always got to watch out for them. But I'm excited to see them kind of get a revenge game of sorts against Penn State. They were expected to win that game in my eyes the first time around, and now they'll get them at home. So I think they'll be able to win that one, but I'm excited. I'm really excited to see how they finish finish out these three games. Yeah, and before we circle back around to where they're sitting in all the bracketologies on the bubble in most places, going back to Sunday, uh, as I just mentioned, Maryland takes down Rutgers in Piscataway. They get the Scarlet Knights back um, for that. Uh, it's a really tough loss to kick off Big Ten play that Maryland suffered at the Xfinity Center, 68-59. to Maryland led by Eric Ayella, who's now getting 39 minutes. He was 5-for-12. Uh, shooting three for eight from three. He gave the Terps 14 points, three boards, a couple of assists, and four turnovers. Uh, Aaron Wiggins, another strong game. We mentioned him in our last show. Uh, he gave the Terps 33 minutes on five for 10 shooting, one for three from deep. Gives Maryland 13 points and 10 boards, so a double-double for Wiggins. Morsell suffers an injury but plays through it. He gives Maryland 12. Hakeem Hart, who also uh, played really well for Maryland, gave him 12. And Donta Scott with 11 uh, who stuck out to you, Jack? Well, the, the I would say the thing that stuck out to me the most was the five double-digit scores. In the Nebraska games, it was most mostly Eric Ayala and Aaron Wiggins carrying the load for scoring. And I went into that Rutgers game thinking, who else, when they need a third scorer, can step up and provide the offense? And I just came out realizing that it can come from a, no, a number of directions. It can come from Morsell. It can come from Akeem Hart. It can come from Dante Scott. And it can also come from Jarius Hamilton, who only scored two points against Rutgers. So I'm coming out of that Rutgers game much more confident than we went into it because I'm realizing that they don't only need to rely on Ayala and Wiggins. Others can contribute as well, and they showed that on Sunday. I completely agree with you there. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me the most is the minutes that Eric Ayala played. He plays 39 minutes. I, th I think post-game Mike Hall uh, of the Big Ten Network said he's starting to kind of mirror Anthony Cowan's minutes as he's starting to play 39, 40, 37 minutes a game. That's the thing that stuck out to me. But also, to your point, uh, the scoring, depth of scoring, what we expected to see out of this team at the beginning of the year seems to be coming to fruition a bit. Guys like Hakeem Hart give the Terps double digits again. You mentioned Daryl Morsell, who I thought played a fantastic basketball game. If it's not only... Wiggins and Ayella, they're much better off. I think they give themselves a better chance in every game. It's a lot like, to go back to last year, uh, when it wasn't all Cowan and Sticks. 
they have that just they were just looked better, and I think this this showed it. But looking at that Rutgers team, they're kind of on the way down. Uh, they're now twelve and nine, eight and nine in the Big Ten matchup, right next to the Terps in terms of Big Ten record. Uh, but a team that's definitely going to be in March and another quad win for the Terps. Yeah, huge quad one win that they picked up. It, like you said, got them even with Rutgers. And the thing I'm looking forward to most as we head down this, the road, just these three last games is, can they finish out? I think they need to at least get two out of these three wins to secure an NCAA tournament bid. And while they're not going to move up much because they trail Wisconsin by two games in the Big Ten standings, I think these are just important feel-good games. They got to win just to be confident moving into the Big Ten tournament, moving into March. These games aren't necessarily to move up in the Big Ten standings that much. And that's something that I think is, is one of the bigger points on this show. They have three games here. All three of them are winnable. Will they win it? Uh, you know, it, it's. I feel like a lot of people are saying we got this in the bag. You know, they're going to be in the tournament. They've played well here down the stretch, which they have. But if you go back again to last year or years past, Maryland hasn't really finished out years great. Uh, you mentioned Tom Izzo coached Michigan State uh, coming up on, on February 28th. I see that game as a challenge. Michigan State, while not really a good team at all this year, uh, not not what people definitely thought they were going to be. They were top five coming into the season. They're playing kind of oddly well right now. You know, I'm, I'm looking at that game. And then you're on the road in Northwestern, which can become a tough, tough kind of trap game there. I actually think that one's a trap game. I know you said the Michigan State one kind of feels like one. And then you finish out at Penn State. That's probably the one that I'm least concerned about, but it's not quite there yet. You say two out of three. I think they need all three because Maryland just historically is not good in the conference tournament. Well, I think if they can get two out of three, and I know the Big Ten's stacked, so getting a win in the, in the Big Ten tournament might be hard, but let's just say they get two out of three and then back it up with a Big Ten tournament win, I think that would definitely secure a spot. I would agree with that. Going around some of the bracketology this year, I saw Maryland on the nine line today. Uh, thanks to our friend of our show, Ben Page, and the Old Line Tailgating Club and his Facebook group. Uh, he posted Jerry Palm's bracket on CBS Sports Network uh, that has the Terps on the nine line in the, I guess there really aren't really regions this year, but in the Hinkle Fieldhouse region uh, with where Gonzaga is the one seed. The Terps, he has a matched up against Louisville. Uh, Jack, looking around other places just before the show, we were talking about Joe Lenardi, who has the Terps in, is it the next four buys? Yeah, that's right. Next four buys. And so they're kind of somewhere between comfortably in, where you see them on the nine line, and in that next group in. So coming down the stretch here, I think a few wins gets it done for you. But looking at where they stand in terms of the conference tournament, if they're in the seventh spot, I believe they will play the 10 seed, which we were just checking on, is currently Minnesota. Yeah, and I think that would be a very favorable matchup for them. Obviously, we've beaten them twice this season. But also the fact that if they were to get past Minnesota, Illinois is in that two spot, which we would play in the third round. And obviously, Illinois, very tough matchup. But we've proved, Maryland's proven that they can beat them. So I think out of the top four teams, which would be Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State, 
just because we've beaten them once or Maryland's beaten them once already, I think that we, we would like that that uh, seven spot moving into the Big Ten tournament. One. It's a good spot because they've had Minnesota's number, obviously, this season already beating them twice. But looking past that, if they were to get past Minnesota, Illinois sitting in the second spot, which we would face, Maryland would face in the third round. And they've showed promise. I think out of the top four seeds, as of right now, it's Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, and Ohio State. I would face Illinois just based off the fact that Maryland's beaten them once this season. So I would say that they're in a good spot in that seventh seed. I would agree with you. Uh, again, I think that you're exactly right. Uh, the Terps have not played well against Michigan. They have played well against a team like Illinois. Uh, Ohio State and Iowa beat the Terps. So I think Illinois is your best matchup there. Uh, the only other team that may be able to push into that top kind of four uh, is Purdue. You know, maybe Wisconsin sitting at 10-7, and 7, Purdue's 10-6, and 6, Iowa right now 11-5. and 5. So I'm going to give it to Purdue. Uh, Maryland's gotten close against the Boilers. They beat them in College Park. So I just see Maryland as being very reflective of the way they've played. And you can agree or disagree with me on this one, but I like the matchups against the teams they've beat. I think they've beaten the teams that they match up well against, and they lose the teams that they don't. So when you're looking at Ohio State or Michigan, I think it's obviously they don't match up well. But if you're looking at an Illinois or or a Purdue or you know Minnesota, I like the Terps' chances, but I don't like them against those top two or three teams. Yeah, I'll definitely have to agree with that. And I'm just looking at the Big Ten standings now. I think this game against Michigan State, not only to close out the season well, it's also a game that we could see happen in the Big Ten tournament. Minnesota and Michigan State, they're both tied. Uh, Well, Michigan State's actually one game back of Minnesota, but potentially Michigan State hops into that 10 spot and Maryland has to face them in the Big Ten tournament in the first round. So this could also just be a good test game, test run for the Big Ten tournament. So I would not look past this Michigan State team. As I said earlier, Tom Izzo, great coach. He's always going to have a team that's going to fight hard. So I'm excited to see this game on Sunday. Yeah, I'll never forget when the, the time that I met Coach Izzo uh, way back uh, when Maryland was honoring, uh, had a dinner to honor Gary Williams. Coach Izzo kind of popped in, told a few stories. But he's a fantastic in-game coach, too. You know, and he really, you hear it when he talks about his experiences, all the different games that he's coached. And he's had, especially Gary Williams' team's numbers. But you never count guys out uh, that are in that month. Um, that once you get into that month of March, guys like Tom is, you just can't count them. You just can't count them out. And his team's getting hot somewhat at the right time here. So I really don't want to see Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament. Regardless of what happens, uh, on Sunday, I do not want to see Michigan State playing desperately uh, in, in late February or March. That is not generally the team that you want to be on the court with, not against a coach. But you really kind of hit the nail on the head, and you really put me on something right there, which is if Maryland's in that seventh spot or even in the sixth spot, the team that they play against is most likely going to be in a win-and-you're-in situation. You know, you're seeing Minnesota, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers kind of on the bubble right now. Michigan State's starting to lean towards into that, uh, like, next four-out category. That first game for Maryland is going to be if they stay where they are. Maybe Maryland's in, maybe they're not, uh, win or lose. But whoever they're playing on the other side of the court will be playing desperately. And if you go back and you pull the stats on this one, 
I'm not sure how much I like Maryland against a desperate team in the conference tournament, but uh, I don't think those numbers are very good. The other thing about that is that Maryland, depending on how they finish out these last three games, they could be in a win and end scenario. So not only is the team across from them going to be in that situation, Maryland could find themselves in that situation as well, which would make for a great game, but I wouldn't be feeling great, like you said, in that situation. No, and and that kind of almost puts a bow on it, Jack. Um, You just got to win the game in front of you. When you get down to this part of the season, it's easy to look ahead. It's easy to start seeing those NCAA tournament lights, which would be a great accomplishment for this team and for this coaching staff. But right now, it's about the game in front of you. It's about that Michigan State basketball game. It's about your team against theirs. Both teams need to keep winning uh, to have a shot at the tournament or to stay in the tournament. And for Maryland, it's about keep playing the way you're doing. You know, keep doing things right, making the simple plays, not making mistakes and playing hard on defense. And if the season or this last couple of stretch of games has proven anything, they'll continue to win. Yeah, the only thing I'm a little worried about is that Maryland playing so well, winning that four four straight games in a row, they, they're going to have a week layoff in between that record game if Michigan's touch, do you think this is going to affect them? And obviously it's going to affect them somewhat, but do you think it's going to derail their momentum that they've built? I, I don't think it will. And there's a lot of things, and for the longtime listeners of the podcast, they know this, there are a lot of things that I say about this Maryland basketball team, but when it gets late into the season and I think about you know the sports that these kids have been playing since they're in high school and and my own time playing a sport in high school, when there are long gaps between games and you have things going well, you know, every once in a while you come out a little bit slow, yeah, sure. But I think if they were playing poorly, I think they would continue to play poorly. When they're playing well, I think they're going to continue to play well because that's just been the Mark Turgeon kind of way of doing things is when the team gets, you know, hot, they kind of stay hot. When the team gets starts playing poorly, they keep, playing poorly and losing games. Now, what I will say about this one is this is supposed to be like the big fan game for Maryland. You know, 2 p.m. Sunday on CBS against Michigan State. That's their big, you know, Xfinity Center's packed and rocking, and it obviously won't be this year. So, you know, everything changes. They don't have the crowd to feed off of, which is a spot they've somewhat lacked in, and they just don't have it. It's not the same is what I'm trying to say. You know, a lot of things have changed this year, so – the team may react differently, but my gut feeling is they continue to play well through this basketball game on Sunday, and I'm really eyeing that Northwestern game on March 3rd at 9 o'clock. Uh, that one is the trap game to me. I'm going to kind of have to disagree with you here. I think with those four straight wins and the week layoff, I think this could really hurt Maryland. And I know that you're talking about Maryland not finishing out well. I think this could be the reason that they don't finish out well. The week layoff, winning four straight games in a row, they've got all this momentum built up, and now they just can't play for a week. I think I think they're going to start out slow on Sunday, and I don't think it's going to end very well. But taking it out of the Maryland scope, I know we're talking about how they don't usually end the season well, but taking it out of the Maryland scope and just thinking about basketball sports in general, I feel that when you're winning and then there's a long layoff, you're bound to lose the next game. Or if you're losing and then you have a long layoff, I think you're bound – to at least play well. I don't know about win, but definitely play well in that next game. So I, th- I think this is really going to hurt Maryland. And I can definitely see why you would say that. It's 
one of those games where win and I, I think everyone's everyone's on your side. Lose and I think all the anti-Turgeon people and all that comes back out. So it, it's important for this team and for this program in a lot of ways. And I can just see this one kind of going either way. It's really hard for me with a lot of games this year. And, and when you look at – I picked the NFL really well. I've picked uh, hockey games really well this year. But I've not really had a good finger on the pulse of Maryland basketball. So it's it's kind of hard for me to feel this one out because I feel like this is the game. You know, if you win this, you'll keep it going. And you might, you know, be down in halftime someplace or – or in a tight situation where I feel like they find a way to pull it out based on this game. If you really have to look at the big picture, this is the one that you got to circle on the schedule and say if they win on Sunday, they're going to the tournament. If they lose, uh, I think things could go south pretty quickly. Just speaking on the fact of if they were to keep it rolling, let's just say hypothetically they were to win out. That would be seven straight wins in a row. What type of, of effect do you think this has on the team as a whole? And like you were talking about Turgeon in general, the the spotlight that he has on him, maybe people don't like him as much in the past, but if they were to finish out on a seven-game win streak, what do you think that means for Turgeon and this team as a whole and the program? Well, that's a loaded question right there, but I'll, I'll take it piece by piece. For Turgeon, I think it, it warrants an extension. You know, And I've been a very anti-Turgeon person. Jack, you've known me for a long time. You can kind of attest to that. Um and I think this one will really prove that somehow, some way, he's really pulled this team together. And with Mark Turgeon and with college basketball right now, it's a very year-to-year, it's a very, very year-to-year, you know, outlook. There are people that made the Final Four and been fired two years later. You know, that does happen. So for this specific team, I think you can say this guy can has found a, found a way with the staff that he has behind him to really put together a full year. For the team, knowing a lot of these guys, and given that I haven't seen them in a long time, but things don't really change uh, much in terms of attitude that fast, they're a team that loves positive energy. They're a group of guys that loves positive energy. When things aren't going well, you can see it on their face. And if things start going well, they start to feel good, really, really good about themselves, a lot like their coaching staff, and they really get going. So I think if Maryland wins seven games going into the Big Ten tournament, going into the postseason— a lot of people are going to start picking them to win a couple games in March. And I think that they, I think that that's the right feeling about this team. I think if they get those good vibes going, they can win. They can might be able to push the Sweet 16 finally again and keep it rolling. And for the program, I think it sticks Maryland back on the map. You know, last year was a great start, and a lot of people had their eyes on it. And Maryland's on the map right now, but they're really not uh, – they're really not there when it comes to March. If they can get some wins, make something happen in the Big Ten tournament, and then maybe make it to the second weekend, Maryland basketball will truly be back into the form that it was in uh, the kind of late 2000s when they had things going and back uh, in the 90s. I think you can really start to make a case that Mark Turgeon has done what he set out to do here and setting up uh, a powerhouse. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting to see. But maybe I shouldn't even ask that question. We want to jinx ourselves. So we'll just focus on this Michigan State game coming up. What's the one thing that you're looking looking at to make sure that they can secure this win? And who's a player that, that stands out when you think about this game? Yeah, the thing that I'm looking at when it comes down to this game is the intensity level coming out of the gate. You know, just tonight I was watching the Capitals. Uh, they were caught kind of lacking early against the Penguins. And they gave up an early goal. 
uh, on the power play. They committed a dumb penalty, and they gave up a goal. You know, and they actually had a power play before the power play that they gave up the goal on, and they didn't show up. They just weren't there. That's what I'm looking at when it comes to Maryland. Do you come out with the same fire that's allowed you to win these last couple of games, and how do you start? You know, it's always about how you finish. Anything you do, it's about how you finish. But how do you start? Do you put yourself at a disadvantage, or are you playing Maryland basketball the way that you've been able to win? The guy that I'm looking at, and it's got to be Aaron Wiggins. Now, you're talking about people that the week off might affect. Aaron Wiggins was playing some great basketball. I really, this is kind of that stepping stone for him. He's had good streaks in the past, but it's not been consistent. This game is huge for number two uh, in the black and gold. Jack, same question back to you. Who are you looking for, and what's your kind of key performance indicator? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's got to be that fast start. We were talking earlier after this long week layoff. It's important to start fast. But I'm going to have to go with these role player guys, especially on offense. We talked about Wiggins and Ayala, how they've been carrying the load on offense. And in this Rutgers game, Dante Scott, Hakeem Hart, Daryl Morsell, they stepped up and provided some more offense. I think with this long wet layoff, Wiggins and Ayala, they might not start out games the way that they have been in, the, in this four-game win streak. So I'm looking at Scott, Hart, Morsell, even Jarius Hamilton, Galen Smith. Can they provide some offense to help out Ayala and Wiggins? in the beginning of the game, especially the first half, until Wiggins and Ayala can get their feet back onto them, get the offense going, and then hand it back off to Wiggins and Ayala. I think that's the main thing I'm looking looking for. And then let's hear it as we wrap it up. Uh, predictions for this one, Jack, what do you see happening? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a Michigan State win. I just I don't see how this Maryland team, after this long, long layoff, is going to win. I hope they do. I just... I think like we were talking about earlier, Tom Izzo, Michigan State has, has been playing well. So I think I think Michigan State's going to take this one. How about you, Mason? Uh, I got to go against it. You know, I might have picked Michigan State if you picked Maryland, Jack. But now, now I got to pick Maryland. Somebody's got to do it, so I will. Uh, if I were betting, I would stay very far away from this one. I think the Terps will come in at about a three-point favorite, maybe three and a half. And I'm staying far away from it. But I will pick the Terps for... Um, for good luck for the podcast uh, fans out there and to keep the faith that Maryland's going to get it done against Michigan State. I'm thinking score somewhere like 67-64 Terps. Yeah, that would be, be interesting to see. I, I'm going to go with a, a close game as well. I'm going to go 70-65 to 65 Michigan State. I just I hate to pick against Maryland. Maryland's obviously my team, but I think this long week layoff is really going to hurt them. All right, and we'll have to see what happens on Sunday. Uh, the Terps and Michigan State, 2 o'clock on CBS. We will be back on the podcast following the game, win or lose, as always, uh, before Maryland finishes it out at Northwestern and at home against Penn State. And as always, thanks for listening.